1: Thank you, thank you. Well, I kind (laughs) of, we might ought to do that every Sunday. I don't know, man. I I threw a little kink in the wheel right there on the fly and felt like the Lord said, uh, shift the order. And so, uh, no, Julie says no. Okay, she says I might might get too big a head and not be able to go home. So, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before that we feel like it's our assignment to some degree to uh, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Um yeah, that that's kind of what I feel like our mandate is sometimes, but I just want to be straight up and honest with you. We're going to start a new series this morning called Pain Perspective, and uh, <laughs> as the Lord begin to give me these messages, uh, I just want you to understand that I understand that some of you are in pain. We're going to talk about that this morning, and what you really need is to be comforted, but unfortunately, it's going to start off feeling like you're being afflicted, um, I'm Sometimes you got to hurt a little bit to heal. Um, you got to rip the scab off and and uh, expose what's going on in, in your heart and life. And although we're going to talk about pain, and I believe that in the mix of this, God is going to do some healing and some comforting, I'm not sure it's going to start there. <laughs> uh, this may hurt a little bit. And so I, I just want to encourage you to listen carefully. See, it's been said that basically there are two certain things in life, death and taxes. Uh And they come about, and you can't fight them. But I would like to add a a third certain to that list. And we know that this third element in our life is certain because it is a direct result of the choices and the ramifications that were made by our father and mother, Adam and Eve, in the garden. Uh, You remember what happens. They eat from the forbidden tree, and God shows up. And as a consequence to their actions and their choices, he tells us then in Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, that there is a third certain thing in life. He says it like this He says, He told the man, because you listened to your wife, that's a different message, and ate from the tree, uh, that I'm, y'all pray for me, I'm gonna be in pain. Uh, <laughs> and, he <laughs> and he ate from the tree. That I command you not to eat from. Don't eat from this tree. The very ground is cursed because of you. Getting food from the ground will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. You will be working in pain all your life long. If I was going to paraphrase that like it's paraphrased there, I would say you'll be working in pain all your little life long. Pain is going to be one, one of the things that is certain in life. There's no... Getting away from it. We will experience pain. We are, see, our dilemma is, is we're promised a lot of things in Scripture. We're, we're promised many things, and, and we love to stand on those promises, claim those promises, celebrate those promises. And yet, at the same time, we often fail and overlook the fact that pain was promised as well. I like to claim the blessings. He promised me to be blessed. I'm I'm too blessed to be distressed. Yeah, I love to stand on that, and I do. But it's pipe dreams if you think you're going to go through your life with no pain because pain is promised. So so another way I could say this to you is is this, and and I'm going to come back to this statement because I think this statement helps us, And, and that is this, the source of our pain is our fallenness capture that into your spirit because of the fallenness of, of Adam and Eve and the choices they made not just being kicked out of the garden was the only consequence the other consequence is that our fallenness has produced in us pain and continues to do so so pain is promised and it is real so over the course of the next few weeks I want you to understand that I'm not going to try to stand up here and downplay or diminish the reality of your pain I recognize that some of you are dealing with heaping helpings of very real and distinct pain. You're going through it right now. Some of you are battling physical pain. Some of you, sickness is a constant companion. Some of you are dealing with emotional pain. Some of you are literally walking through the shadow of the valley of death of a marriage, of the death of a friendship, of a death of a loved one. And so pain is very real in your life at this very moment. I get that. It's promised so what i want to tell you though and this may be the only comfort you get this morning during this message so you better listen carefully is that although pain is promised you also have to understand that the promise of pain is also met with a promise of purpose in that pain because after we're promised pain god comes along not in genesis but later on and he makes this promise to us that 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 in that he will be a constant or a present help in the time of need. So let me say it like this. Our, yes, our pain is caused by our fallenness, but the hope we have is in our fatheredness. Y'all missed that? That was too good to pass up. Our pain is a direct result of our fallenness. But if we are going to find hope in our pain, it is a direct result of our fatheredness. God loves us so much that even though He knows that we are going to endure and go through pain and have to navigate painful moments in our life, He loves us so much as our Father that He won't allow us to go through that pain without a purpose. And without, here's the most important part, His presence. His presence. So then if God is present in our time of need, then what I would submit to you this morning is then that our issue with pain is not the reality of our pain. Our issue is in fact our perspective during pain. See, I I, I want to say this to you this morning, and I think this is a word from the Lord for somebody. I believe that most of us struggle with perspective not because we believe God causes our pain, because we understand what the source is. Our sources are fallenness. We, we don't struggle with our perspective of, of pain because uh, we believe God causes our pain, but rather we struggle with the idea that God uses our pain. Because that forces us to change our perspective and hold on and believe even when everything around us says, you ought to give up right now. So I want to spend the next few weeks talking about pain and trying to help us learn some lessons and maybe a new perspective about pain that will help us and uh, come to an understanding that in pain God is in fact even if you're struggling right now God is in fact still able to take what the enemy means for harm in our fallenness and turn it for our good because of our fatheredness. and so I want you to Join me in some passages of Scripture. I'm going to read them to you. It's just going to be background. It's just going to set some things up that we're going to talk about this morning as we talk about pain perversion. Exodus chapter 5, verses 3 through 9. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into three day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why are you taking the people away from their labor? Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now numerous and you are stopping them from working. That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of the people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their their, uh, own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out, let us go out and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. You know this account, uh, after all these hundreds of years of this type of slavery, with this type of an overseer who would take away the straw and make them work harder, that they, 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 they begin to cry out to God. The children of Israel begin to cry out to God. God, we need a breakthrough. We need an intervention. We need you to step in and help us. And God breaks in after hearing their cries, the cry of their heart. He breaks in and sends them a deliverer. And Moses shows up and he backs Moses up through supernatural plagues until the point that Finally, the Bible declares that Pharaoh relents and he releases them from bondage. You know the story. The Egyptians in Exodus chapter 14, after the the Israelites turn and take all the loot from all their owners, they get gold and silver and and riches, and they begin to exit the the country of Egypt. All of a sudden, they, they change their mind. The Egyptians change their mind, and they begin to pursue the children of Israel in Exodus chapter 14. And now, as they're giving chase... The Bible declares that Moses walks through the Red Sea on dry ground and the water comes in. God is demonstrating his love to the people of Israel, the, 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 the deliverance and the provision and the protection, and he rolls the waters on top of the Egyptian army and drowns them all. Right? Y'all know the story. This is children's show. Okay, I just want to make sure. So somewhere in the neighborhood of a million former slaves supplied by their own taskmaster with riches are now marching towards a promised land that they will take as their own. However, three days into their journey, they are now dying of thirst. And so Moses cries out to God in the wilderness. And God once again shows them that he is in control. And he has their best interest at heart. And he provides water. You know the story. Then, after a month in the wilderness, they begin to cry out in God in hunger. And God provides manna, angel food. They they, they don't have anything to eat. They're dying, they're starving to death, and they cry out to God, and God literally opens up the heavens, and manna falls from the sky. And it's here, that we, at that moment, that we come to a painful passage that helps us gain some pain perspective. Here's where I want to land this morning. Exodus chapter 16, beginning in verse 1 and through verse 3, and then we're going to read the same account. In Numbers chapter 11, here's what it says. The whole Israelite community set out from from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, and on the 15th day of the second month after they'd come out of Egypt. So they'd been out of Egypt for two months. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the Israelites said to them, if only he had died by the Lord's hands in Egypt, There we sat around pots of uh, of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out here into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Let me read it to you in a different section. Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 through 6, same, same concept, same account worded differently. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Really, at no cost, huh? Okay, yeah. Also the cucumbers. Why anybody would want cucumbers, I don't know. But uh, uh, also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Okay, so after undeniable God interruptions and divine interventions, and after occasions where God has directed and provided, and after miracles and manifestations, we come to this painful passage where these free folks want to become slaves again. A passage where victorious folks long for the days of being victims, where a prison is preferred over a promise. Can't get no help in here. Where, where pain impacts their perspective to the degree they say, we want to go back. See, I've learned two things, and then I'll get out of your It's going to be painful a little bit. But I have discovered first that pain paints a perverted picture. I have discovered that when people are going through pain, it paints a perverted picture. These folks who were slaves and in Exodus chapter 5 were crying out for relief from the forced labor that was killing them. Now in Exodus chapter 16 in a painful moment they paint a perverted picture of Egypt. Now instead of remembering that there was no straw and that there were unrealistic brick quotas and working in the scorching sun now the picture becomes Egypt was really about meat and vegetable platters, and garlic knots. It is no longer about slavery in their mind because they're in pain. That pain paints a perverted picture, and now slavery in their mind is literally a siesta. See, I, I, I'm, I've come to this conclusion. You need to understand that pain affects our memory. These folks, long, one version says this. It says it like this. I, this one word is used. It says, These folks long to go back to the comfort of Egypt. What comfort? You're a slave. You own nothing. You have to get up. At the, when they tell you to get up, you have to go out and make bricks. And, and now not only make bricks, but the quotas hasn't been reduced. Now not only do you have to make bricks, you got to go get the straw to make the bricks. What comfort. Are you kidding me? I mean, Pharaoh is a cruel taskmaster. And they want to go back. See, now we shake our heads at that. But if we're not careful, what we do is... is is exactly the same thing. Because when we are in pain and when we're faced with seasons of pain, our memory becomes perverted and we paint a perverted picture of what it used to be like. Church folks do it all the time. I wish we could go back to the good old days. Y'all take the good old days. I kind of like my air conditioning. I kind of like sitting in comfortable seats. I kind of like walking in and not stumbling through sawdust. Okay, Y'all, y'all take that if you want it. But we paint perverted pictures of what was, because while we were there, because I, I used to go to church when we had water coolers. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know. We had to open the doors to get a breeze through. Bugs would come in. You'd open your mouth. You would swallow them during praise and worship. You try to look, 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 look. It was hot and miserable. But now all of a sudden it's the good old, y'all ain't helping me none. See, 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 you failed to remember what it was really like. And so what happens is just like the, the, the children of Israel, we paint this perverted picture. So, so what happens is I want back in that relationship. Oh, God, please put me back in that relationship. Have you forgotten the brokenness of that relationship? Have you forgotten the turmoil contained in that relationship? Have you forgotten the abuse of that relationship, the fights, the manipulation? Do you remember the countless hours that you were crying and calling out to God, get me out of this thing? Uh Do you remember the fear? Do you remember the heartache? Oh, oh, God, please, please get me back in that job. Oh, oh, please send me back to that job. Oh, God, get me back in there. Have you forgotten the fact that you hated to get up in the morning because you hated your job? You hated the people you worked with. The environment was horrible. You were depressed. You ate stuff you weren't even hungry for because you were depressed. Do you remember the negative environment that was around you that rubbed off on you? You lost your joy. You lost your smile. Your family wanted you out of there because you were crazy. (laughs) Do you remember the stress? But please, oh God, put me back. See, I've I've discovered something. Pain causes selective amnesia. So in our pain-clouded perspective, what we do is we pervert the season that we begged to get out of. And we pervert the season that we prayed to get out of. And we pervert the season that we fasted to get out of. And what we do is because we're in pain right now on our way to our promise, the pain clouds our perspective. And so now what we do is we look back in those painful times that we were trying to get out of and we paint them in our own minds as as a season of enjoyment and pleasure, and it was not. Well, she was fine. In your mind, she was fine. Yeah, but she was crazy. You escaped with your life. Oh, he held me. Yeah, but do you remember the fact that while he was holding you, he was holding three others? I can't get no help in here, see. See, you're, the pain of rejection has now caused your mind to paint the picture of what you endured and went through as a pleasurable thing when it was not. Oh, man, my old church, God, could could you just send me back to my old church, God? I just, this church, this church just ain't got it, man. I just, God sent me. Yeah, but... Can you remember the fact that you prayed and begged God to release you from your old church because those people were mean? Or maybe you prayed and said, God, I'm dying here. I'm not growing here. They're manipulating us here and you pray and pray and pray and then God releases you. Then you come into this body or some other body and, and now because you're enduring a little pain and they didn't paint the walls the color you wanted to and they don't sing. Then we begin to prefer what we were in and we think it was the promised land when it was not. I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. See, pain is a pervert. Pain causes us to forget the details. Pain causes us to forget the reality of what it was really like. And so like the children of Israel, we will stand in a season of pain and long for what we begged God to get me out of. And then the second thing I've learned is this, is that pain will cause you to go mad. Pain perverts so badly that these folks fail to recognize a godsend when they have one. Do you recognize that there was only one man in the entire nation that had the guts to stand up to Pharaoh? there was only one man who was willing to put his life on the line and put his neck out on the chopping block for them and approached Pharaoh and said, could you please let us go? And they get angry at the only guy that was willing to do all that. Now, and then then it gets worse, because not only do they get angry at that one, they get mad at the one who sent the one. Go back and read Numbers chapter 11. I don't have time to read it all to you, but you need to go back and 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 understand what's going on here. They begin to grumble and complain against Aaron and Moses, and, and God responds to their grumbling. And by the way, God took it personally. He did. He recognized who he sent as a deliverer. God said, I, I sent you Moses. So in Numbers chapter 11, verse 20, he says this. You're going to get so sick of meat that you'll throw up at the very mention of it. You want me? I'll stuff you full. And here's why. Now listen carefully. Because you have rejected God. We miss that. We read right over that. And we don't even realize what he's saying. He's saying, when I sent you Moses, because you cried for a deliverer, and I sent him to you, and you reject him, guess who else you're rejecting? Just trying to help you. So you've rejected God who is right here among you whining to his face. Why did we ever have to leave Egypt? And so I've learned that when you are in more pain than you have ever endured in your life, and some of you are there, if you are not careful, you can easily become angry. And pain-induced anger can cause you to mistake Destruction for deliverance. Man. They are in so much pain and they become so angry that they are having to deal with this pain that they look at bondage and declare that it's freedom. Y'all missing it. I hope this is sinking in because some of you are in so much pain that you are literally so angry about the pain that you your mind is so clouded that you are literally calling destruction freedom So, so what, I, what I've learned is this, is that this account teaches us that if we are not careful, when we are in a season of pain, our pain can literally cause us to attack, attack those that are assigned to assist. So what happens is you begin to experience pain and you will blame others and ultimately you'll blame the one who sent them to help you. So much pain that now these God sent people become the target of your complaints and your words and your anger. So this is how it plays out. They check on you. And because you're in so much pain and pain has caused you to go mad, when they call you and check on you, you become suspicious. And God forbid they don't check on you. Because maybe they want you to kind of learn some stuff on your own. And God said, don't. I can see. And now, because you ain't. Out of care, they come to you and they offer advice. And yes, their advice may be a cliche, and yes, it may seem silly at the time, but because you're so clouded by pain and your perspective is so messed up, out of care and concern, even though they said the wrong thing the wrong way, they said it because they loved you, you become angry. And hear me carefully, please, if you miss everything else, catch this when pain has perverted your perspective, you will run to relief rather than running to relationship. When we are in moments of pain, if we are not careful and we don't guard our mind and our heart, And come to the place where we literally trust that God's got us. And if we're in pain, God didn't cause it. Our fallenness caused it. But because we're secure in our fatheredness, we rest in the fact there must be a purpose for this. If we are not careful, then what we will do is we will literally run to relief. And that relief will lead us to destruction when God was trying to get us to run to relationship. Let me see if I can if I can paint you a picture. All you got to do is spend some time around somebody that is trying to break an addiction from drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. And what they will do, nine times out of ten, is they will run. Instead, instead of pressing into relationships that would provide for them continued freedom and a chance at life, nine times out of ten it seems like what they do when they begin to experience the pains of withdrawal or something doesn't go right or life is more difficult because now everything is clear and, and they, they, need, they will run from relationships and they will run to relief. And by running to relief, they run to destruction. They find momentary relief and they settle for that and find permanent destruction. And some of you are in so much pain and you desire relief so badly that rather than running towards relationship, you are running towards relief. And if you get to the relief and leave the relationships, you will find yourself surrounded by destruction. You've seen someone in pain that makes mis- terrible mistakes about what they run to and what they want run away from. It's because they've lost perspective due to pain. That's why we see folks in pain on a regular basis that we try to help. I'm not building us up. I'm saying this, that we try to help. And as we try to help them, they get mad at us as if we did something wrong. Yeah, I can't get no help. Uh, so what takes place then is that pain, if we're not careful, will cause you to sever relationships that you are going to need to be able to survive the pain. So, so, so all of that to say this, if you are in severe pain this morning, you need to be careful that you don't blame others and then ultimately blame God because God is not causing the pain. And therefore, if there are people in your life that God has sent to you, then you cannot allow yourself to run away from relationships that God has assigned to get you through this moment. If you allow yourself to grow angry, you will doom yourself to grow alone. And you will become isolated. From the One and the ones sent by the One to assist you through this season. See, I know some of your stories. I know what some of you are going through right now. It is painful. Nobody should have to go through what you're going through. But you need to get some perspective. And understand that when you look back, it wasn't as peachy keen as you thought it was. And as you go through, you need to understand that if you don't take care of the relationships that God has positioned in your life now, and you run to relief, it will get worse for you, not better. See, the good news this morning is that God placed you in a family. And he's placed you here for help. And and I want to say to you this morning that God has surrounded you with folks that care about your pain. You know, there are folks sitting next to you right now that some of them know you're in severe pain. Their dilemma is they don't know what to do. Give them a break. Deal with grace. Do you always know what to say in every situation? No, you don't. There are people that God has assigned to you that you can lean on in this moment but if you are not careful you will become so angry with them simply because they don't know what to do and they don't know what to say and they don't want to hurt you more that you will isolate yourselves. They probably don't have the answer but they know the one who does. And if you isolate yourself from the family you may miss the answer. There are people around you right now that can call on God and they may not be able to pray you out of what you're going through. But they can pray for strength and they can hold your hands up when you get tired and they can help you carry the burden that you're carrying so that you don't have to carry it all By yourself. I want to say something to some of you. You're strong, but you're not that strong. You were not designed to carry this all by yourself. You're going through divorce right now. You weren't designed to endure that all by your lonesome. You're dealing with death right now. You weren't designed to deal with that all by yourself. Going through emotional struggles. Listen, you weren't designed to go through that all by yourself. God put you here not to get your praise on although I hope you do. He put you here to get your people on. There are assigned people in this body that are are specialized, assigned, they're secret agents sent by God. And some of you are so mad at them that they can't help you. And so I just want to remind you that weeping endures for a night. But if you'd hang on and hold on and get the right perspective and quit whining in God's face about the people that He has specially sent for you, then the pain of your life can propel you, propel you to the promise of your life. But it all depends upon your perspective. Of what you're going through. Father this morning. I wished I could pray. And ask you to remove all pain. And I wish I could pray and ask you to allow us to never go through any more pain. But you won't go against your own promise. Pain is promised. We recognize that, Father. Our own fallenness dictates that we're going to go through some pain. But, God, I just remind the folks under the sound of my voice this morning that our fatherness should change our perspective of what we're going through. God, there are some folks here today that are looking back out of the pain of their life right now and what they're having to endure right now. They they didn't expect to to be struggling with bills. They didn't expect to be struggling alone. They didn't expect to be in sickness. And so now, because they're in pain, they're looking back at an earlier period of life that was one they prayed out of and begged out of. And now they're looking back and thinking it was all great the devil is a liar we were a slave we were broken we were in bondage so father i pray that we would not pervert the season that we're in and i pray that instead of longing for what was we will now begin to press forward into the promise that you have for us we would not stagnate in our pain and stop the journey And long to go backwards, we would press forward. Father, there are folks under the sound of my voice that are not only angry at those around them, they're angry at you for sending these folks to be around them. So they go home and they whine and complain that you sent them to this church. God, I wish you'd send me somewhere else. And you're saying, God, I sent you there on purpose. There are people there that can help. God, I pray that you would allow us to recognize that There are signed people around us that hold us up and that have our best interest at heart and that love us and we just don't recognize it this morning. I pray that you would open our eyes and our perspective in Jesus' name. Everybody stand with me if you will. If you're here this morning, And you're in pain. You're in pain. We got plenty of time. We did the offering, the announcements. It's over. All right. We've done everything we need to do except for this. So we got plenty. We did it this way. God shifted it like this on purpose. Some of you are in extreme pain. And you need clear perspective. Some of you are struggling. Even you're going to struggle to respond to this call because you are in so much pain. It's made you angry. I don't want those people praying for me, man. They've already prayed for me. Nothing changed. I've been up there like 20 times. There ain't nothing changed. Don't, don't touch me. In fact, I'll leave early. You're going to do an altar call? I'm out of here. Wait till you close your eyes, Steve. I'm gone. And we run to Relief. We sever relationships that God assigned to us. If you're here and you're in pain and you need somebody to lift you up and help you, they may not know what to say. They may have no solutions other than the fact that they're here for you. If that's you, I want you to quickly step and out and come and stand right here. Quickly, come on. If you're in pain this morning, I don't know what else to do. I'm in brokenness. I'm hurt. expect me to believe that really I'm going to ask one more time I'm not trying to manipulate you into responding I just know that some of you in pain I can see it on your Facebook I read it on your Facebook and then we won't admit it to God on Sunday as if he doesn't know really mad at God and everybody else because we can read it on Facebook But then we want to come in here and smile. Doing great. Okay. Fake it till you make it. Try it. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. One more time. If you're here this morning and you are in pain. Emotional, physical, financial, relational, spiritual. Pain in your life would you quickly move right now because I'm getting ready to release everybody else to come down here and you won't be able to get down here and be prayed for if that's you just a moment just a moment longer some of you are reluctant to pray for folks that come down like this because you think I don't know what to say I don't have any answers you are the perfect candidate Because some of these folks are tired of hearing what people have to say. Preaching right now. (laughs) And they just need somebody to lift them up to God. So, would you do this with me? Because God has assigned us. This is what being a body is all about. God has assigned us to these folks. Y'all may need to slide up because y'all are getting ready to get mobbed. I want everyone that will. Would you please make your way and get around these folks and we're going to pray for them and ask God to bring a breakthrough. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to pray. Listen, I don't want you to pray that God will take them out of their pain because this pain may be on purpose and if you get them out of their pain, they may come right out of their promise. No, we're going to ask God to strengthen them and to clear up their perspective. Y'all might have to come around front so you can get hands on, get hands on, get hands on now will you join me this morning and begin to pray for our brothers and sisters they're in a moment of season of pain and God needs to help them with perspective this morning come on folks God's assigned us to them come on let's bombard the the gates of heaven right now and ask God to bring clear and precise perspective prayer is simply this this morning when we call out on you and you respond by sending us jesus with skin on when you assign people to us i pray that we would not run from them and become annoyed by them and become suspicious of them god i pray that in our brokenness you would send us people and we would embrace them as your hands extended And when they say stupid stuff and do stupid things, I pray that you'd give us a perspective that would see through the stupidity of what they did. And we would realize that they had our best interest at heart and they really weren't trying to hurt us. They were operating out of a spirit of Jesus and concern for us. And I pray that we would see past all of that and we would embrace them and let them get into our lives and let our walls down because our healing is attached to those that you send us. And Father, I pray for each and every one of us that we would become sensitive to the assignment that you have for us. There are people in our body, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our schools that are hurting and we hesitate because we don't know what to say. I pray that you would send us, and if we don't do anything else but give them a pat on the back, a bright smile, a hug around their neck, I pray at that moment it would be like Jesus broke into the scene, and they would discover hope in an embrace. I ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Father, as a body, we recognize that we may walk through some seasons of pain because of fallenness. But God, I pray that we would continue to hold on to fatheredness. You love us so much that you said that we could count on your presence in our darkest days. God, I pray that we would sense the physical manifestation of your presence in every season of pain. It would be like a cloud by day and a fire by night. We would know that even though we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we do not have to fear any evil because you're right there as our rod and our staff and you comfort us in our pain. So we cry out to you and we praise you that we can count on you give us clear perspective we ask in Jesus name you're dismissed whenever you're ready to go but some of you need to stay and worship a little bit